Yo, we're here with another episode of Convos with Keith and Crash. Um, you know, I got my boy Keith. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got my boy Chris with me, um, <laughs> aka Crash, and we got a special guest. Um, this is a guy who's a, a photographer and a fashion connoisseur, if you, if you want to. Uh, this is uh, Francis Shad today, and y'all can go ahead and introduce yourselves as always. Chris, go ahead, and then our special guest. Gave your spiel. It's your boy Crash, that boy Crash. Y'all already know what it do. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, y'all. Everybody that's listening, my name is Francis Shad, and you can find me on IG. I'm a photographer. Um, my at is FrancisShad.co. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and so before we start, as always, I got to give my little spiel. Um, before we start, a reminder that this isn't a debate. I'm not trying to change perspective, get you on a side, or argue. This is a space where opinions and ideas are heard without judgment or expectation. This is a conversation. This is a convo with Keith and Crash. Now, let's get started. So, first and foremost, Francis, uh, can you give us a little background about yourself, where you're from, um, what year you are? I actually really like that you said that at the beginning, because I know that a lot of like stuff on podcasts, can be you know very misconstrued and yeah um yeah but this one this one youtuber that i watch he actually he says at the beginning of his videos all the time because he has like conversations kind of like you're doing here but he just does it in like a video format but he says he um he starts off by saying like he's not there to be right he's just there to have conversation and so anyways um anyways my name is francis chad i am a senior at georgetown university i am studying sociology and film and media my passion is with um everything creative and um i'm just so happy to use the um medium photography as my outlet right now but I eventually want to transition into film and television production. For sure. Um, so you say you're from PG County, right? A Maryland guy. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about how you started photography there. I, we had talked a little bit before, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you had said you started senior year, but just tell me how you got into photography. What led you to photography? Um, honestly, in high school, like my world was so small. I was just in a little bubble, I would say. So I never really thought that photography would be or could be a potential career mm-hmm. slash could be um, an opportunity for me to make a lot of money slash express my creative out, you know, creative, use it as a creative outlet because mm-hmm. we're not like taught that you can turn creative things into careers a lot of times. Or at least I wasn't taught that, you know, I was or your pa- taught or your like, passion or your passion. Yeah. Your passion. Exactly. Like I was taught, you know, more traditional pathways, like, um, you know, traditional career fields. Anyways, I started photography when I was in high school mm-hmm. and, um, um, my family had a camera and I would just use that camera all the time, take pictures of my friends, take pictures of myself, self-portraits, um, take pictures of, you know, any events that were going on. Um, and then I, when I got a summer job, my freshman year of high school, I remember saving up to buy my own camera and I started doing that. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. and so you talked a little bit, you just said a little bit about like 
it being kind of a, um, a wild card or, or a thing outside of the norm for you to kind of pursue something that you're really passionate about, right? So mm-hmm. you feel like yeah. where you were from or people around you kind of hindered you or, or held you back in any way um, or not even held you back kind of, did, did you have a mental block based off of your environment, right? Um. Yeah, I would say yes and no. So it kind of prepared me um, to be where I'm at today, like, you know, um, in terms of like college and everything, but creatively, like I grew up like in, you know, with immigrant parents and they don't really, they're not too informed about, you know, um, creative fields, especially like modern day creative fields, like a lot of positions now that um, millennials and Gen Zs are in, um, job wise like these are new positions so like the older generations like they have no idea like you know what that is so um i wouldn't really say it hindered me but i definitely would say that um i didn't really get as early of a start as maybe i would have liked to creatively um mind you when i did buy my first camera it was you know um something that i worked for for myself but um yeah, I wouldn't really say it hindered me, but it definitely, like, you know, it was a different start for me. No, for sure. There's, there's always a, it's always an interesting thing to me to hear how people start. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right, because I, I keep forgetting the question sometimes, too, though, so. I don't know. Just <laughs> I just keep going on a tangent. This ain't nothing professional, my guy. This ain't nothing <laughs> professional. We over here all trying to make some work right now. Um, I, 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 so, I got a question. I got go a ahead, question. Chris. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, like, you know, as a fashion designer and, you know, you do creative things, what do you do to, like, get through creator's block? Like, if you don't have any inspiration in anything, what do you do to get through that? Oh, or my if God, you that's have such a good any- question. <laughs> I get creative's, creator's block all the time. And... um I don't know. For me, there's I there's kind of like two sorts of like creative blocks. With social media, you consume so much information. Like you're always looking at other people's yeah. work, which could be a good thing and a bad thing. So like you can look at other people's projects and feel really uninspired because you just it's an overload of you know creativity and consumption. Or you can look at other people's work and be like, oh damn, I'm inspired by this. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something. Um, that you are making, like for example, I can look at a movie and get inspired um, to do a photo shoot based on that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be photo shoot, but um, the way I get over creator's blog, I kind of just, I don't know, like I just, You say okay. you, you look at other things, uh, you watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, so basically for me, I just like kind of just look at my environment around me. I, I watch movies. I um, look at sometimes what other people are creating, um, which, like I said, could be helpful or hurtful sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so, so yeah. kind of like kind of playing off that question, right? So a lot of times social media kind of, dictate or not uh, not dictate but rather is a reflection of um social opinion in a way right and so like you said mm-hmm. you can kind of get um 
uh, tunneled into a certain point of view, right? Especially like my art, my uh, Instagram, it's centered around a lot of different art styles and I have a specific style that I'm drawn to, but with creativity comes kind of trying to step out of your comfort zone in order to get over that writer's block or not writer's block, but creative block sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I was thinking, you had mentioned earlier that um, your parents are immigrants. And I was wondering, like, do you take a little bit from your own environment, your own environment? Like, can you get into like some of the things that you shoot and why you shoot them? Mm-hmm. Um, can you? I'm sorry. Can you read the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, so, My mind just wandered just now. You can edit that out. <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, with your parents being immigrants, do you mm-hmm. feel like? Um, like that, that's a, a personal experience that everyone doesn't share. Right. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people in the United States, they are of immigrants, but the black community, a lot of them are, uh, black Americans. Right. Mm-hmm. And so being, um, from, uh, were you born in America or were yeah, I was born in Maryland. Over? If you don't mind me asking, where are you, where are your parents from? Liberia. Liberia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I want to say that's dope, but I know the situation out there isn't as dope as, <laughs> um being from out there but um so again like do you feel like you get inspiration from uh your life like do you feel like you're shooting things in reference to some of the experience that you kind of went through as a kid or some of the things that are similar to your own culture or um well i think i think that's that's sort of like for me my creativity and my art is always going to be surround like always going to be um, showcasing like my identity, who I am. So that's kind of inevitable for me. Um, not necessarily like based, I don't necessarily create like based on like my childhood. I mean, maybe in the future, but like right now, I just kind of like focus on like my identity, who I am and um, who I want to be, if that for makes sure. sense. For sure. So like my first, for example, like my first project was um, Flower um Flower Boy, yes. Um, it was a photo series. Um, it was a photo series kind of deconstructing um, toxic masculinity okay. in like Black communities. So I wanted to like depict and picture and showcase um, black, men, black men, you know, in a softer, in a softer tone, in a softer light, all of that. Yeah. For sure. That's definitely uh, something I think is relevant now. Since, since you brought that up, right? Um, we're definitely going to get on, we're going to get on that a little bit later on. Right. Only because, um, and so like, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about like the black lives matter movement. We want to talk about a little bit about what's going on with the pandemic, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We'll get into those topics after we're done. You know what I'm saying? Seeing what, what you're all about. Right. And so again, you said you had, that, that was your first project. Do you have any more projects after that? What are, um, what are, I did. And the funny thing about it, because you was asking me about Creators Block the other, a few minutes ago, but um, I feel like my most, um, I've seen a pattern with like my projects that I do, like every summer I kind of have like a moment in time where like I go through like a rough patch in my mental health. And after I get through that, whether like, um, you know, that means going to therapy or like talking to like mental warriors or, mm-hmm. you know, after I get through that creator's block and through that like rough patch, I always come up with like my best like art. Yeah. But anyways, um, 
last summer I created in August a project called The Way They Feel. Um, and it was a video, it was a film, um, it was a short film, um, visual and a photo series. Mm -hmm. And um, this summer I created a similar project called Fierce and it was inspired by Paris is Burning. Have you, are you familiar with Paris is Burning? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with, if it's an art project, I'm not sure, but I do know about what happened with the fires that was happening in Paris or something like that. No, so Paris, Paris is Burning is, um, I know what you're talking about. It's not that, yeah. that was, um, that, that was from something, the church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Paris is Burning is basically a documentary um, um, showcasing the ballroom culture in um, predominantly LGBTQ Black communities. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's based in New York. And um, I was watching it or watching clips from it. Mm -hmm. And I, I got inspired by something that um, one of the characters from the docu-series was saying and i just decided to create a photo series out of that so you can definitely check that out on my page but for sure that's another example of just me getting inspired by watching something and hearing something yeah um and i was like oh yeah that would be cool to kind of make and i can visually see myself doing something creative with that but yeah it's it almost seems like you have like these bursts of inspirational moments right? yeah you, you have mm -hmm. this where you're sitting, not waiting per se, where it's, um, it's almost like when you're looking for a sock or you're looking for something you lost, and then all of a sudden you just find it when you stop looking. Exactly. And then all so, of the, th those are the best moments for me because those are like, when I get that, it's just like, ooh, I know that this is about to be fire. Yeah, you know? that's, so. that's, always, that's always the dopest thing when it comes to... I was going to ask, you know, the projects and things like what was some of the hardest tasks that you have to you know get over while doing these projects like your little uh like your movie shoots and like you know the video shoots and even the photo shoots like what did you do to like get over the hard things you feel me? um i think the hard one of the hardest things is like planning for me, like scheduling, if I'm working with like, let's say two or more models, it can kind of get like, um, it kind of get difficult to like schedule with people and kind of like make sure everything's on track. And I think that um, being an entrepreneur in general and a photographer mm -hmm. is harder than people like think because you have so many, you have so many things that go into planning a shoot and exec executing a shoot, I should say. It's not just, um, you know, getting together and taking a picture or at least not for me like it's it's pre-planning going over like what you're gonna wear like trying to think of for me and my work and my artwork i'm trying to think of like why i'm doing this like how is this meaningful for creative shoots everything that i do doesn't have to be meaningful sometimes i just want to take a pretty picture but um yeah, sure. for like my creative concepts and stuff like that like film docs and um fashion films i kind of like want it to be meaningful so i'm overthinking sometimes like what does this mean but anyways so that's the most difficult part to me is trying to um get out of your own head exactly getting out of my own head and trying to sometimes i overthink like um what a project is going to mean and that affects like what i um visually make out of that project if that makes sense yeah. like when it so i'm i mean sometimes it just flows and sometimes it, it comes together 
I would say it always comes together at the end, even down to like the name of the project. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to name something. Yeah. And when I'm editing at the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, she, um, she said fierce in the song. I'm going to just name this project fierce, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's super dope. Cause you had uh, something to add on to that. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, we talked about this before, like, you know, I don't know if you want to get in, in more depth into it, but uh, it was just a question about how fashion intertwines with music, but just like as the identity, as a celebrity, how they dress, like just for mm-hmm. instance, like how J. Cole dressed, does it like benefit the way his music music is and like things like that? Yeah, I think, I think fashion is a big, big part of music and, um, I would say it's more so a big part of music for for women than it is men. I mean, nowadays men can use that to their advantage. Like we see a lot of um, we see that a lot with rap. Um, like we see a lot of female rappers. You know, like we see Little Kim, we see um, Nicki Minaj, um, Cardi B, a bunch of like female rappers, like. Their whole brand, besides rapping, is their look. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, um, whereas I feel like men sometimes don't have to do too much. Like, for example, like you were just talking about J. Cole. I don't feel like he does the most with fashion, you know? Oh, but I, 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 I I'll say, I'll say. I I'll disagree. Go ahead. You I'll think, say, I, you I'll think say, so? I don't think so. I, I think an artist that do a lot with their fashion is gonna. Like if you look no, I was them. see. I was just gonna say that. Though. I was gonna say <laughs> nowadays men can use that to their advantage. Like if you see a stylish rapper, and that's why I say J. Cole doesn't do the most because I was comparing him to like someone like Uzi or um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or I was, you know, like I don't know. Name another. Name another male rapper that's killing the fashion game. Any also. trap rapper. Any young trap rapper. The the. Or like Migos or even Migos. Con- even like Kanye. You know. Like J. Cole doesn't really do the most with fashion. Like he's more so. Yeah. Um, and I also think it, a big part of that kind of plays um, into their personality, right? Where J. Cole, his music, his, his, ID, his identity isn't loud, it's uh, more of a subtle thing. And so if you look at a gunner, his music kind of represents the party scene, um, more getting out and about, you know what I'm saying, showing off. Um, and so speaking, keeping on fashion, um, I feel like you're a fashion icon here at Georgetown, right? You know what I'm saying? You, you think always, so? Oh, thank you. <laughs> for sure. You always, I always see you taking picture. Uh, we talked a little bit about the aesthetic of your uh, Instagram. That I, I love it because it's always dope to me when people can put together kind of who they are and not even just who they are, can, can put together an aesthetic of something. Um, there's another page that I follow, um, this girl that does like a, it's color coordinated, like all the way down. It's like 200 something pictures, which is crazy. Um, with yours though, you, you have a different fit on every time you, you shoot it differently every time. And then you throw in some of your own shoots where I, I feel like they're correlate. I don't know if you, you had that comparison where it was like, Oh, well this kind of, uh, kind of congruent with this picture. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with fashion, you, you had said to me before that, you know, say you're not even, you're not all that much into fashion, but, do you see yourself getting to that realm where you're like styling people and you know, say making sure that they're like coordinated correctly? Like, I, I feel like um, that'd be dope. Um, I just actually styled my first shoot this um, summer when I did the fashion film Fierce. 
And um, so I did the fashion film and it was also a photo series. And that was all styling by me. That So that was the first thing that I style that I really like put my mind to and styled. Um, before that, I kind of like, you know, add a little bit like here and there, like advice for models and stuff like that. Um, but as for fashion, I mean, I do see myself kind of dibbling and dabbling in fashion, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not my focus. Like, I think that um, I want to do like television film production first and photography, always going to have that as an entrepreneurship, um, as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe fashion. Like I'm yeah. always going to be fashionable, but yeah. it's not like my main thing. Like, you know how Rihanna is like, she's a mogul. Like she, she, she started off as a musician mm-hmm. and now she has like fancy beauty. She's also, um, she has a deal with LVMH, which they like have, they own like the high end fashion brands like Louis Vuitton. Um, so she had to deal with them, Fenty. Yeah. And she also has like Fenty skin. So that's kind of like something that I maybe would be interested in the future. But um, so I'm always going to be fashionable and I'm going to use that to my advantage. Um, but I don't want to do too much from jump, you know, like I don't want to do too much, especially if I'm not 100% passionate about it. For sure. Because it, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Yes, especially really- when it comes to creating to really put your your mind into something for it to pop off i mean i think so do y'all think so i I definitely agree um even kind of doing the podcast like um there's certain things that you try um and then other things that 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 doesn't come out as well as the other things that you try right Mm -hmm. um and then each time you try something you're like you're putting into your time and energy into it yeah however when it does, it just it just feels so good. But a lot of times, it's just better when it all it's all planned out. It all just works out. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's where the planning comes uh, into play. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all it's just always an interesting process. I feel like right. Oh, let it's, me, it's, let me think it's, about this. Let me think about how to do it. Let me think about how yeah. To do it. And then again, we're taking from inspirations from other people. Like I I don't I don't doubt you probably have a lot of people who are famous. Um, or, or, you know what I'm saying, within your community, uh, who do similar things that you're like, oh, that's, that's super dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to create something similar to that. So when you're comparing it, it's almost like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? When you get into a good mood, you're like, okay, let me, let me see how I can make my spin on it. Let me see how I can do something different and or better possibly. Right. I mean, but you don't want to do too much, like at first, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spread myself too thin. Um, with everything that I want to do creatively, I want to still be able to focus on, have focus on one main thing at first, if that makes sense. Yeah. One step at a time. Um, Exactly. Right. Where being a creative, you know what I'm saying? You didn't grow up with all the tools to kind of explore yourself and figure out everything that you like. Um, you were blessed enough to, to come into contact with a camera and start shooting, um, start shooting and realizing that you like that, right? Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you shot, you know what I'm saying, back in high school, what you shot when you first started versus what you're shooting now? Is there some type of difference? Is there an evolution? Um, well, how mm-hmm. would you describe it? Yeah, so I think when I first started shooting, it was um, it was mainly like portraits and like 
pictures of friends. Um, so mainly like my community around me, mm-hmm. I would say. But I was always interested in like beauty, fashion, editorial. I feel like my work back then didn't really look like how I wanted it to work, how I wanted it to look. I mean, um, like I'm just now getting to a point where like my work is looking like kind of like high end. I'm kind of just getting there, so. You're not, no. You're official already. You're already official. You, know you have a few accolades. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But um, back then, I used to shoot a lot of that. Um, and I originally, like, got my camera to do photography and video. Um, but I just fell in love with, with photography. So that's, like, my main passion right now or still images and so how do you feel like it, it kind of evolved from back in the day it, it definitely got better you know so as you learned the process you learned a different program and you learned the different terminology and what you're doing like yeah you definitely like, that um you're, you're still shooting because it seems like more it's just kind of the same stuff but on a, a bigger scale yeah i think i think as i grew up and as i like started to learn more about myself it like showcased in my photography as well so like i can like like I, like we were talking about earlier, telling a story with my photography and the concepts mm-hmm. that I shoot, you know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. as I got older, as I started to get more comfortable with my identity, you know, um, and who I am as a person, as a gay black man, as, mm-hmm. uh, as a black man in America during these times, mm-hmm. um, as I started to be more quote unquote radical and socially aware, um, I, um, kind of catered my photography to that so i think that the the main difference for me between like high school and now as a college student like my photography to me in my opinion has a little bit more substance for sure um and, and keeping on identity right where when you go when you have the opportunity to go to a school when you have opportunity to step out of your community you also have the opportunity to meet new people and experience yeah, exactly that you have right do you yeah. feel like um you've been able to gain a good number of people that you're able to work with one that has the same ideology with you the same uh that think the same as you as well as uh are great creatively to work with mm-hmm. yeah definitely so like i don't think i would have gotten this like if i would have oh i read this gif somewhere it was actually not a gif but like a meme it was like leaving your hometown in your 20s is like the best thing that you could ever do. I definitely, and I, to- I totally agree with that because I feel like I wouldn't have been able to make the connections that I have been able to make now and like be in the converse, have conversations that I'm having now and um, enter rooms that I'm about to enter. Um, um, if I would have not, you know, I had the opportunity to, to come to Georgetown. But um but yeah, I definitely think that that played a huge role in adding more substance to my projects and to my concepts and to my photography and my art in general. For sure. But, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't feel like I, I don't feel the need to always do that consciously, like subconsciously. It's always going to be there. Like I'm always going to create based on like through my lens and my lens is who I am as a person. That's where it starts from. So I'm, exactly. I'm consciously, I'm not always consciously going to create concepts. Like I said, I just want to take a pretty picture. And, exactly. But unconsciously, like through my lens, that's going to be based on my experiences. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yes, super dope. So you're talking about shooting stuff through your lens and you definitely has a, as a creative, you have a point of view that you want to get across with the final product of things, right? Working with some of the people that you've worked with, have you ever come into contact with like um, some differences uh, of uh, creative styles maybe or, <laughs> or um, implementation of certain elements of, of film or, or, or whatnot? I'm not all that familiar with the terminology, but has there been issues with, with working with other people where you're like, look, I, I want to do it this way. And they're like, I want to do it this way. Like, what does that clash like if there, if there has been any? Mm. I don't know. Um, no, you ain't got to say specific names either. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get the T. <laughs> no, no, no. You ain't gotta no, say. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> honestly, no, because like, well, yes. Yes and no. Um, there hasn't been too many opportunities for me to collaborate with other people to create something that I want to create, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. most of the time it's, it's my vision and I get people to help me with whatever what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I am kind of nervous about that when it, when it comes to like filmmaking and television producing, because I, I'm a film and media minor now and I'm coming, um, working with like people in general, like in groups, there's always going to be like differences, but, um, I think it shouldn't be too much of a problem for me because I'm very vocal about my vision, what I want. And if I don't want to do it, and I think it's going to be um, bad for my brand as a person, I'm just not going to do it. For sure. Um, you have to definitely make those decisions. You have to just, in general, like know how to say no when it comes to things that don't align with who you are and your brand as a person, especially as you're as you're building your brand you know sure especially with brand management i feel like um this is something that we wasn't able to learn growing up is that you know so you shouldn't sell yourself out for a dollar you know what i'm saying you, you may have to yeah. do things that you don't want to do but when it comes to something that you're passionate about that you love and you have a specific vision you should never because even times with the podcast where like i had to like you know what I'm saying? Uh, disconnect from people in certain regards where it's just like, I can't, you know what I'm saying, have you be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? You're toxic to what I'm trying to do. Or, you know what I'm saying, we just have different ideologies when it comes to uh, the product. Um, yeah. So I'm quick to say no when it comes to that. But um, in terms of working with people and having like difficulties, um, not nothing I can really think of on top of my head, no. For sure. Um, uh, Chris, at any point, you can cut me off, you know what I'm saying, and chime in. Um, Do y'all have difficulties, like, working with the podcast, like, working with each other? Because it's a duo, so duos are more easier to to me than, like, yeah. more than two people. But, like, mm -hmm. do y'all ever come to, like, disagreements about, like, who y'all want on the show or, like, what ideas y'all want to talk about on the show? Like, what's this process been like for y'all? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, well, for me, I just, like, you know, we just started doing this with, uh, with uh, you know, Callie or Marquise or Keith. <laughs> nah. They don't know all the names. They don't know all my aliases. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, you know, with, uh, damn, my headphone. Nah, but with uh, Callie, he... He been doing this podcast for a while. You know, I've been listening to it. I really just got into uh doing this. Wait, this is my fifth episode? I think this is five right here. I think you started episode uh nine. 
And then from 12 on or, or, or 13 on or something like that, you've been on something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But right now it's still like a, uh, it's still a learning process for me. Cause you know, okay. for me, it's just like, I'm not used to this. Cali, he, you know, he's been doing this for a little bit. It's just for me, like, that's why some of these podcasts I've been real quiet. Because I'm really trying to like, <laughs> You're taking everything in. You're observing yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the to... same way some, in, in real life. That's just me in real life. Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an observer. I've yeah. been taking everything in. But, I mean, at least y'all not having any big, you know, yeah. winnings. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm the same way. Where I, I'm, go ahead, Chris. My bad. I said, we ain't never really had the clash with each other. We just trying to work. Yeah, since we met, we we never really had no real beefs. We always been pretty uh, close, even from like back in high school. So me and Chris, we uh, met the, like in high school. We played on the same team. Um, are y'all both from California? Take, no, I'm um, from Atlanta. I'm from yeah, we're from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, and I finished high school in Atlanta, and so they oh, called me Cali okay. because uh, I came from uh, California to Atlanta, and so they didn't okay, even know my real name at first. <laughs> um, but yeah, so even like I'm the same way, right? I love observing. I'm a people watcher a lot of times mm-hmm. um, in public at parties and whatnot. Like I, I like just seeing what's going on around me. Um, but with the podcast, like like he's giving me way too much credit. It sounds like I'm really doing something when I'm really not. Um, when it comes <laughs> to the podcast, I just had just slightly more time with him. It's still a growing process for me. So I think we mm-hmm. both have kind of an understanding that we're still trying to grow and build something, right? We have, we both come with ideas and then, you know, so we're able to talk through it, right? A lot of times where, when people want to do something uh, or they want to, you know what I'm saying, be grown, they don't want to have conversations. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we have a, a relationship where we're always looking to, to listen to each other, right? Because we both have a, a, a certain type of insight that, that comes into fruition when we have our conversations outside of the podcast. So coming into yeah. the podcast space, we was just able to mesh pretty well. Um, and so ever since then, like every single episode, again, it's just a learning process, right? If I, if I do something wrong or um, if he do something wrong, it's all about, you know what I'm saying, communication um, and then fixing as we go, learning as we go. Because everything, like, we don't know what's right and what's wrong. We don't know what's, you know what I mean? And so we can't, you know what I'm saying, we don't have the right, neither of us have the right to be like, oh, you did this and you did that. But I will say I love that. I <laughs> love that mic that you have. Uh, oh, yeah, he's official. Uh, That's like an official to, uh, mic. Like, yeah, bring I'm it closer. Do, uh, you can't see. Talk closer to the mic. No, no, no. Oh, to the, about, yeah. Can you? Yeah. It sounds <laughs> <Yes>. better. <laughs> no, nah, it just. Uh, I wish I had one of those. Nah, uh, I just bought this for uh, as for music wise, you know, like I'm trying to learn how to uh, mix and master like vocals and like uh, music, like the beats and stuff. Uh, So I just bought this mic. And uh, so I I can uh, trying to have people to come in and record the voices. So, you know, they ain't got to go to the studio. They can come to me. Exactly. For convenience and stuff, so and I bought this. I got, I actually got two mics, but I, I'm just using this one for uh, the music and the podcast to talk to, so it can sound clear. But uh, back to the uh, conversation with uh, about Kelly and things with uh, with me and Kelly, it's like when we come to a disagreement, like we have a whole bunch of disagreements about certain stuff, like mm-hmm. this in this world. 
we always talk it out. We ain't never like bash each other for it because it's just our uh, different opinions. Okay. So we ain't never really bash each other. We always hear each other out. We always listen to it, and we always understand both perspectives. Got it. And that's That's kind of a reflection of the podcast, right? Like, so my original vision for the podcast, and and still an important part of it, is being able to have a conversation without. I'm not saying holding someone hostage about what they say, right? Whereas somebody right. says something, a lot of times you hear with identity politics, we're going to get on it a little bit later, uh, with identity politics or, or any politics, any disagreement in opinions. It's, mm-hmm. oh, you said this and you mean, I think you mean this, rather than, oh, what do you mean by that? And then giving, Rather than listening and, you know, taking it in and then trying to yeah. see where they're coming from and stuff. Yeah, so I get that. And so yeah, it's, it's always... So it's always dope though, like, because again, it's it's a learning process. We talked a little bit about um, having certain ideas and, and wanting to put stuff into fruition. And as you're doing, it, it's kind of frustrating, or it's like, okay, like, okay, what do I do? But it's just so dope that I'm able to do it with someone who's again doing the same thing, like just just mm-hmm. watching, listening, waiting to do um, for everything to come fall into place. If that makes sense. And so it, it's, it's, it's that makes sense. Thing. It's a dope thing. And so sticking on, like we just talked a little bit about uh, kind of how our b- brand came into place. Do you feel like uh, you've you've worked towards uh, expanding your brand via Instagram? I don't know if you have a Twitter. Um, do you, do you feel like you're expanding your brand in any way? Use weight room. Do we okay, I'm back. We over here talk about food, but you know, big niggas got to get it in. What you was saying? Can you hear me? I would say, I would just say, like, uh, before practice, only eat one granola bar. Then, like, three to four, we do weight room. Then four to like five, almost. Oh, do you play uh, football too? Yeah, yeah, I play uh, football for Albany, Albany State. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, appreciate it, appreciate it. And y'all both play football in high school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we uh, played. My bad, y'all. Um, my connection, my connection yeah, just yeah. went out. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the uh, downfall of uh, doing meetings through Zoom. Is with Zoom, right? On, we were lying See? on that Wi-Fi. Exactly. Exactly. Georgetown Wi-Fi be iffy. Like, yeah, hey, you see, you already know they always iffy about everything. Nah, boy, all <laughs> of you, boy. We had our Wi-Fi out for like twelve hours, boy. Yeah, see, I oh, never went a Wi-Fi. Like, yo, the whole life shut down. Damn, there. Like, that's why. That's why I was in my class. What you were saying? No, I was going off topic. What were you gonna say? I was saying, like, even during the middle of the class, the Wi-Fi shut off, and they all just like, dang, disconnected. There ain't shit you can do. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've had that. Damn, see, I wish my shit went off during class. So I can, <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't even. I don't know. Um, but okay back to uh, your brand right you're building your brand you you have a certain identity when it comes to who you are and what you want to produce right do you feel like you've had a steady increase of your brand do you feel like um you're working towards building your brand or you're just going to let it go flow naturally into what you want it to be i think that i'm going i'm definitely working on it like I, the type of person I like to be in control of a lot of things, a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. Oh, not again. Okay, no problem. Um, it might, it might be my phone. I'm on my phone right now. So 
But anyways, um, Brant, you want, want me to repeat it or you? <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of know where we were at. So I was saying that like, um, this is so funny. <laughs> I can't believe my, um, if I just went out again, like, like anyways, um, with branding and everything, I'm such a, a control freak when it comes to my brand. And, um, so I'm definitely to, I think your question was like, am I, do I think I'm like more so like in control of my brand or do I let it naturally flow? Yeah, basically. I'm a little bit of both. Like I would say that I'm more so somewhere on the spectrum. I'm more so on the control side because I, I, um, I'm working towards building it to where I want it to be. So I like to, um, kind of control like what I put out, what projects I put out. Um, when I have like clients and stuff, I don't post every single client that I shoot. And it doesn't mean like the shoot isn't like good or anything. I just don't really, um, sometimes their vision that they're paying me to execute just doesn't align with my brand uh, at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing that I don't stress, which is ironic because you said that it looks really together, but I don't really care about like feed and everything. Like I'm not the type of person to like post like three in a row that like look alike. I, I think that's that's kind of too much. I, see, I just I kinda, feel like that's kind of tacky. But, yeah, right. I just kind of post quality pictures. Like that's the thing. Like I, everything that I post, like I want to make sure it's of quality, and that's the only thing branding wise that I care about. I don't really care about like color combination and all of that, but like. Yeah, as long as it that. looks of quality. Yeah, I fuck with that heavy because I I'm similar, right? Where I'm getting back into drawing, and, and with that, I I want to instead of like oh do this or even with the podcast, I I'm never I've never been a big person of trying to flaunt what I'm doing, right? I like to let the, the product do the talking, right? If you fuck with it, then fuck with me. If not, then you know say we're gonna keep it pushing, um, right? And so I fuck with that. Like, oh, let me just, I'm going to put, you know what I'm saying, what you need to see. But, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying, especially with shooting a lot. Like, let's say I shoot 20 clients in a week. Like, I'd rather put out, like, quality over quantity. I'm not going to post all 20 shoots. Like, that's just going to be too much. Exactly. Nigga, bad time alarm. I'm doing a bit late, late. Um, and so two last questions. Um, the first one is regarding kind of uh your setup right we we talked before about um you having a setup in your dorm right and so mm -hmm. a lot of people coming into doing anything creative doing anything entrepreneurial they think that it costs a lot or it takes a lot of resources right mm -hmm. have you been excuse me a little frugal with with, with your setup did you have to invest in because there are things you have to invest in um, yeah but you know, saying there's always a way to ball on the budget. Would you consider mm -hmm. you're balling on a budget, my guy? Um, <laughs> that is so funny that you ask that because no, I'm not balling on a budget, or I was that, not man. balling on a budget at first. However, I'm lucky. However, one, I'm lucky enough to to been given the opportunity to afford my equipment that I have and two that doesn't mean that you can't ball on the budget because at first I was mm -hmm. balling on the budget you know mm -hmm. but As thankfully I was 
Exactly. So thankfully, I was able to invest into more better equipment as time went on, um, which is kind of why my quality got better. But the work was always good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, I think that one, it's important to know that at first, like you're going to be balling on a budget. You know what I'm saying? Like when you first start things out, everything, you're not just going to be handed everything unless you unless you just got it like that. You know what I'm saying? But I did that first. Um, and then two, um, once you get to a point where you can invest, to invest smartly. Um, so the only reason why I would, why I did spend so much money on equipment was because I knew that I was going to make it back. Mm-hmm. And that was my focus this summer. I was like, I was so scared at first to like spend the amount that I did on the equipment that I was getting. But um, I was like, okay, this is my business plan to make it back. And thankfully I was able to make it back. So, Not and then, so- some, you know, like now it's making me money. So nah, for sure. That's, that's what's up. And then lastly, before we get into, you know, a little casual combo, how has COVID affected your business? If it has. Um, COVID has definitely, definitely affected me like, in the beginning more than now i would think like in the beginning like okay so i was studying abroad in london when covid first broke out in february so i had to come back and that was really depressing so it it affected my mental health for like a good three months like i did i didn't do anything i wasn't on social media i just wanted to be like by myself and kind of just process everything that was happening in the world um alongside like everything that was happening you know within the black community like it was a lot to process and everything um however like i received like little blessings throughout covid like my my scholarship that i got to go study abroad for example i just used that to kind of invest into my business i was supposed to travel a lot when i was studying abroad um and that's what i got the scholarship for um but I was able to just transfer that and just use that instead of like investing into my business. And now I'm making it back. Um, so there's been little blessings here and there um, from COVID. And I think in general, like it's affecting like um, the amount of shoots that I can, that I can do. Um, Cause you know, I still want to take precautions and be safe and stuff like that. But I think in general, like COVID was good for my business. Looking back. Word, hey, hey. Yeah. It's always blessings. There's always a silver lining and whatever. Exactly. Whatever you always got to find a blessing. So um, that was the end of the uh, interview portion. Um, did COVID, I, did COVID um, inspire, like, did you get this inspiration for the podcast through, like, the last few months during COVID? Um, so I had started the podcast in, um, May, in May, end of May, mm-hmm. and actually in the end of April, that's when I uh, really started. Um, there was a few weeks off in between that, but I always, I've always been into podcasts. I, yeah, I want I want one because of based off some of the things that happened with Georgetown campus with like toxic masculinity stuff, the, the, the list stuff. I was like... Mm-hmm. Okay, like there is a proper discourse amongst um, liberals a lot of times, but 
anyone who have a radical point of view, right? And yeah. radical not meaning that it's like off the wall, but radical as in they really believe it. There's emotion involved. Um, th- there's a, a, a sense of urgency involved with it that causes discord to, to be almost non-relevant, right? Where it's just, oh, I just want to spill my side. And then a lot of times I feel like the most productive conversations is when you're able to hear someone else's side and then they hear your side, and then y'all talk from there, right? It, it can't be people talking on top of each other, etc. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll do a podcast. And then with COVID, I was just like, you know what I mean? I have the time and space now, so why not try it out? And here we are. Yeah, that was too What you were saying, Chris? I about to say, for me, I always wanted to do a podcast, too. But the way I wanted to do a podcast, I just wanted to have fun, you feel me? Like, it was just a podcast... Really, some bullshit, basically. <laughs> no, we still got. We finna get on that right now. <laughs> you, you can, uh, you no, can no, definitely do that. You can, add, you can add that yeah. in. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like you, but you get a serious just, moment, and then you can just laugh it out at the end. Yeah, we uh, always. We, I feel like we always, we always try to mess it up. No, but what? Uh, eventually, like, like uh, Callie said, the COVID. Uh, it gave me actually more time to like think about it than when I started doing it with the podcast. Well, doing it with Callie. It just solidified it, basically. Awesome. Um, for sure. Um, so now that we're done with the, the interview, let's get into a few of these topics. So you brought up a few. And we're gonna start off with the Black Lives Matter movement. Chris, did you have a specific question or you just wanted to get a point of view on it? Uh I did I mean I got I actually got like two questions in one, basically. Like, you know, what's your input on Black Lives Matter movement and uh do you think like sometimes the Black Lives Matter like movement like s- single out certain groups, yeah, and communities? Um, so you mean like singles out other minority groups, so people that aren't black, basically? It, that uh, like other or, yeah, basically other minority groups and like just any other communities, you feel? Oh, okay, okay. Um, no, I, me personally, no, I don't think that. Well, first of all, I think that the Black Lives Matter movement is an amazing movement, and I think that I'm glad that um, this has always been happening, you know, in this country. But like, I'm glad that we're actually like bring, shedding lights with due to social media. Like, social media is so powerful, and I'm glad that I'm not happy to, you know, log on and see like sense of shootings and black people getting killed but i'm glad that people are you know talking about it and conversations are being had but um to talk about your question more i think that um for me personally because of who i am i don't think that um certain communities are being outcasted by shedding light to um the black lives matters black lives matter movement specifically but I think that within like our community, like um, sometimes we, or sometimes certain people forget that like when we say black lives matter, we mean like all black lives, not just um, an archetype of, of black life that you think it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or that, one might think is okay. So like that means like black trans lives also. Black, you know, trans lives, black um 
black gay life as a black you know like intersectionality is a real thing and i think that um black when i say black lives matter i just mean like all black lives but that's just my personal opinion for sure um um so a question on that right so when it comes to so I had a conversation with somebody and we talked a little bit about the different ways of going about achieving the same goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a certain point of view of, of something and, and they may have a different solution. And so I feel like what happens now, right. And I, do, I don't disagree that all, all, all aspects of the of black community matter, mm-hmm. but I feel like focus kind of end up trickling down into identity politics. Right. And it's like, oh, well, this group has has gone through this and, and all these situations are tragic and shouldn't be something that any human should have to be involved with. Um, and then if you look back at how they divided black people back in the day is they divided and conquered us. If you look at the Willie Lynch letter is you put people the light skin versus the dark skin, you put the old against the young, um, you're able to mentally put these people in shackles in a way that they are fighting amongst each other that they can never unify. And I feel like a lot of that's going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, women matter. Yes, trans lives matter. Yes, gay lives matter. However, we also have to look at the importance of the the entirety of the group. You know what I mean? At least in my opinion, where I feel like a lot of times we end up end up arguing just about, oh well, this happened. Like why are you paying attention to this and this happened? Like we don't get enough attention here. And I'm not taking away from any of that. Like, this is a perfect time for any marginalized group to kind of shed light on their plight, right? Mm-hmm. Not just black right? Well, there's, there's social change going on um, amongst all marginalized groups. But I feel like it's always, with when it comes to black people, that we always get the short end of the stick because when you go into those smaller groups, when you individualize the uh, group, you kind of you help other parts of the group more than the whole group. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it, it's such a nuanced conversation, right? Like I don't have all the answers. Exactly. Like I, I think it's just very nuanced. And um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Crash? Uh, what are your I, thoughts? I, I kind of I have a different perspective on the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, you know, I support it all the way. I just feel like protesting can only get us so far. Oh, that shit can only get us so far. We got to start taking action on certain shit if we really want change. You feel me? Because screaming, walking with signs, be like, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. That shit, they, you think they're going to take us really serious? Like, we. I'm not, you know, I ain't trying to say no names. I ain't trying to say what organization, but we, at our school, we had a, 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 a protest, you feel me? And it just, this nigga's I ain't going to say no names, no organization, yeah. but at my school. But it's like, we had a protest, bro, and that shit was just, my voice cracker like, fuck. But uh, they was walking on the sidewalk and like, Holding up signs, walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what the fuck? Let's go do, bro. What the fuck? Let's go do. People just go walk past this and that, this and that. And I was talking to my homie about, uh, you know, about the Black Lives Matter movement, and like he was just telling me, like, 
sometimes like these protests, he feel like, you know, it can be a like I wouldn't say a joke, but it's like well, it's it's not a joke with us, but it's a joke to them. You feel me? Because white people. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just, I, I, I just say like the. I, I would just say people think that's the superior race. You feel me? But uh, it's just like my homie said he went to the protest and it was just like instead of them like walking wherever you know just walking wherever they want or just protesting about what they want or just like you know just doing shit how they want it. The police was telling them where to go, where to walk how to do this, how to do that. But we protesting against the police and they telling us what to do. And, it was and, just that's, like- and that's the issue. I think, I, I think that, um, I think that a lot of times like protests, like I, I get what you're saying and, and your frustrations behind that. But I, I kind of, I kind of think that protest could be a moment in time for us to, yeah. ha- to, to have a statement and then move forward and then do the work. Whether or not you do the work, that's up to you individually and as a group to hold each other accountable to do the work afterwards. But I think that protest could be like a good moment for to like like have a statement because you're frustrated, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, do the work or at least try to do the work because in some cases they don't really give a fuck about you trying to do the work either and uh i think one input too that uh like i wanted to say i know this shit may like sound you know crazy or some shit but i just feel like we need to start like you know we want change and this and that but are we really changing ourselves we still you know doing dumb shit like you know killing each other or like just doing dumb shit like that and you think that i just be thinking like you know like we doing this to each other and doing this we judge about each other we complain about each other we do this about each other instead of uplifting each other you know but it, you know it, like i like i said uh we we just need a little bit of working, and I just feel like you know it's people out there that want change and is willing to do it. But I just feel like what I'm trying to say, I can't even say it right now. But I just feel like uh, we just need to start working on ourselves before we like you know they start taking us seriously. For sure, for sure, I, I definitely agree with uh, both of you. Right, where this is a perfect time for people to express what's going on, express how they feel, express um, the environment in which uh, shouldn't, you know what I'm saying, shouldn't be a reality, but we're living it, right? Um, as well as I feel like there's also opportunity for people to take more action than just um, talking about those issues, right? Where if you look up, look throughout history, this is how I see it. Like, if you look throughout history, we've always talked about the situation. Uh, a lot of times we've, we've taken the Malcolm X um, approach, not say Malcolm X, the uh, MLK approach to things where, where we want everybody to be involved and, and to hear us and to solve the issue that way. However, since we've gotten out of slavery, they've kind of withheld any progress of the black community uh, in a way that 
it's it's feasible to actually change amongst the communities. We have some of the poorest communities. We have some of the um, most disenfranchised communities. Um, and we have some of the most marginalized community amongst any minority, right? Um, and, and like Crash uh, pointed out, right, where the this this is also an opportunity where there's wolves in sheep's clothing. And what I mean by that, that people, t- uh, because the internet is so prevalent um, in this movement, people are able to just kind of virtual signal by saying, oh, I'm a part of this, white, black, or anybody in between. Oh, I'm a part of this, and I support by just uh, claiming to support through whatever initiative that you take outside of actual change. Um, again, what Chris said about Black people need to take initiative amongst our own community. People get upset about um, people bringing up that we kill our own people uh, more than anybody. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, I say kind of make fun of our, our own people, and we're going to get a little bit into mental health amongst the Black community that we're not doing things in our own community we've known for slavery was was a hundred years ago two people ago slavery had ended um and so we're not doing enough knowing the information that we have knowing that you know saying women of color you know saying are marginally knowing that gay people are, are disproportionately uh marginalized like knowing that black men are disproportionately put into prison like these are things that were designed and put into place uh, for us to stay down and just talking about the information, continuously putting that information out. I feel like, honestly, with the Black Lives Matter, all we've done is kind of desensitize ourselves to the, the wrong in our community, not the wrong in our community, but the wrong that happens to our community. Um, instead of like, because if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement that, that originally happened in what, 2014, 13, whenever uh, it happened, yeah. it kind of trickled down into a trend where people were able to just oh yeah like i'm pro-black and i have this outfit on that's african related so whatever or i i got pro i got black lives matter in my um i got yeah, black lives matter inside my uh, crazy. uh post or whatnot and so i think now because we're stuck inside and we don't have the opportunity to move on with information how we usually are we're kind of stuck in the it's consistent oh, we're just going to continue talking about it um, rather than taking action amongst our own community, teaching our kids financial literacy, providing people the, the mental health and, and the mental wherewithal to understand their identity, their sexuality, and their place in the world. Um, the, the, so is that, what accountability, is, is that what accountability looks like to you? Like, what do you, because a, a theme that you both are saying is that like Black communities correct me if I'm wrong, but you both are saying black communities have so much inner issues within our communities that we need to work on and take accountability first before, before um, shedding light to the overarching um, issue that Black Lives Matter is trying to like what? What does accountability looks like to you? What does okay. accountability so, look so like what, to so, you within so what, so within what accountability, our community? Right. Um. So I feel like again, everything that all the information coming out. I'm not saying that 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 was not a necessary um, process, but again, I'm not. I'm a type of person that I hate hearing issues without a solution behind it. Right. Where somebody's like, okay. oh, we, we need justice for Breonna Taylor. Right, arresting those cops isn't fixing the system. Yes, it sends some type of um, 
some type of warning to the, the people who are involved in, in that system. However, that's not fixing the overarching system. We're, we're stuck on in, in one place, not doing much. Um, instead, we need to, again, take, like you said, take accountability within our own community about certain things. We can't say Black Lives Matter when, again, we're killing our own people. We can't say, say Black I, Lives I Matter when we're selling that. drugs. To our own but people. I also I think that that, that is been not put systematically mm-hmm. into that position. However, We've known this for a certain amount of time, since the 50s. You know what I'm saying? We, we, when, our, when our people was getting raped and killed on the streets and there was nothing we could do. Now that we have the opportunity to financially be able to uplift our people, to, find, to cognitively give our uh, people the tools to understand what to do in the world to be successful, there's no excuse other than seeing yourselves as a victim. But we're all victims. We've all been through things. But using that, it's going to keep you stagnant. All you're going to do is talk about, oh, I've been through this and you don't understand that. I've been through all types of things, things that people couldn't imagine. But it's about what you do to get out of that. I'm not saying I'm special. I'm not saying that everybody even thinks or or do the same thing as me. But everybody, I'm such a big fan of mental health, um, with with mental health and, and mental fortitude, you're able to accomplish anything. Your the mind controlling your not even controlling your mind, but just mental wherewithal is so important when it comes to stuff um, that people don't really realize it. Like people literally don't realize I like they want me to stay inside my same hood and sell these same drugs, or they 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 want me to to marginalize people within my own community, separate us into you know I'm saying light skin, dark skin, gay, straight, etc. Like they, they're doing you know what I'm saying like we we have to realize those things and. You know what I'm saying? Do stuff to, to counteract that rather than saying, oh, mm-hmm. all the music we listen to, oh, because mm-hmm. I'm a drug dealer and I'm sad, so I'm taking drugs. Like, the same stuff over and over again It's not going to get us much further than where we are now. In right, every one other- thing... I'll go ahead, Chris. My bad. Now, I was about to say one thing. Uh, like, all right, I would just say compare it to, like, it, like as a team, as a foot... Well, we can use a football team, for instance. The strongest, like, the best football teams in the league they always they're like within like as a team players like all of them are like on the same page all of them hold each other accountable all of them you know you know just do things as one and just like they work on themselves first before they can do anything you feel me like just say it like for instance like one one person on the team like whatever what coach Miller used to say he'd be a cancer Kids. Yeah, be a fucking cancer. That's what, yeah, that would be a fucking cancer. My, my coach say, yeah. I, I don't like trendsetters. But go ahead. <laughs> nah, nah. But, uh, like, just say it for a team, right? And uh, it just could be a few players that can cause everything. They can cause a lot of shit. Like, uh, just say in a game, you trying to do this and that. And it's just like, if not, if everyone, you know, not holding each other accountable, this one person slacks off this and that, this shit can, like, you know, define the whole team. That shit can have a different outcome that you don't want. You feel me? Or, like, that you're not pursuing. So it's just, like, accountability. That That's, you know, accountability, if we really want to get somewhere first, like like you said, we need to learn about the system we need to learn about this and we need to learn about this and we have to have solutions on how we're going to tackle this, how we're going to tackle that, how we're going to do this, how we're going to do this, how we're going to teach our youth. And do that this. shit. 
do this and carry on until we build on and stack on until all this shit, you know, like is no more. Instead of like, like I said, like, you know, have, like, uh, I understand having a voice, but when are we going to take action on? Mm -hmm. like, what, what do you think, Francis? I think I, I honestly think the system is the system is flawed, and I think that. Mm -hmm. I think that it is. It is. First of all, it's, I, it's I, also, I think fuck. that the first time I think that the um, what was I gonna say? I think that it's. I, I get what you guys are saying with the whole accountability within our own community, but I think that it isn't the appropriate time to say it during during the during um yeah during like the height of. The, the movement you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. if someone is highlighting a movement and saying arrest the cops that killed brianna taylor and is it isn't the time to say um that's not going to do anything you know what i'm saying like you can still focus on but, but what, what about you, the civil rights movement what do you mean because that's what malcolm x was doing like they had they was had a similar goal but they went about it differently. Like Michael Max wanted more accountability amongst ourselves and the unity amongst ourselves more than he wanted to get that message out to other people. You know what I mean? Like, like I do get though, like there, there's certain time and places where certain things should come up though. But if you look at other movements, there's always people who's like, okay, this is what's going on and this is how we need to conduct ourselves in order to, to have progress. Right. But what is the correlation to that in arresting the cops that killed that killed Breonna Taylor? Well, what do you mean? I feel like, like, I, mean, like I, I, I understand what you're trying to say. Like, you know, hell yeah, arrest the fuck out of niggas because what they did was just wrong. See, that's what I'm saying. Do that. I, I know. I, but yeah, I, think I understand that it's, 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 but, not, it's not the right time to say, but, oh, but, but we have black on black crime, so we shouldn't be, y'all shouldn't be saying this and putting this in your bio because we still have issues within our community. I don't think it's the yeah, right time yeah. to necessarily yeah. highlight that. And I also think that when it comes to accountability and dismantling the system, the system you can't dismantle the systems by using the master's tool. So I don't really give a fuck about pleasing white people or looking good to white people or looking or appealing to white people. Cause I just feel like that shit is just like dead at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I just um, feel like, uh, I look, my bad, Cali, for cutting you off. My bad. <laughs> no, but uh, what I was just trying to say, uh, like you said, we, we were talking about their arresting and shit, but like you said, like it's a time for it's a uh, how you say that saying? Time and place. Yeah, time and place. I can't even fucking say that bitch right. But uh, but I just feel like you know arresting them. It like we we just trying to say what I'm trying to say is like you know we can arrest them, but the shit about the system as one, like just as a whole one, like. Arresting them is not just going to change the system, but they need mm -hmm. to be for what the exactly fuck you feel yeah. me. But it's just that it so, like getting them okay, arrested. So wait, can I, just, wait, can I say something? Yeah. So I I want to challenge. I want to challenge because I hear a lot of guys say this too. Like I just heard Waka Flocka say something really similar. Mm -hmm. He was talking. He was tweeting about. Um, he was tweeting about some. 
I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to get this wrong. So I want to, I want to find the tweet so that I'm not like mis, um, construing the information or whatever. Yeah. Well, Ooh, okay, me. so Waka Faka was saying the same thing. He said, how can we as a community beg the police to don't shoot, but we're killing each other still? So mind you, this is something similar to what you guys are saying, right? Mm -hmm. However, I want to challenge you guys to speak about gun violence and mm -hmm. only do that. Like, if you're speaking about gun violence, speak about that. Don't, don't compare that to police brutality and to and talk about black on black crime because i think that's and talk about black on black crime in correlation to the black lives matter movement because mm -hmm. i think that conversation is it kind of it's kind of pointless like it doesn't do anything for the movement you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying like if we're holding ourselves accountable like it doesn't do anything for our community to highlight that when we're trying to highlight something else does that make mm -hmm. sense so if you if, mm -hmm. if you want to talk about gun violence and that's your motive because I understand what every I understand what Flock is saying. I understand what you guys are saying. It, it makes sense. However, if you're talking about gun violence, then talk about that. You know what I mean? Okay. And that's your motive. Then do that. Okay. But don't. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so two things. So, one, when it comes to like trying to like so the the purpose of the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like is systematic change of how black people are treated right amongst the system would you agree that that's the like the goal of the movement i wouldn't really say that that's the purpose of the movement for me the purpose of the moves the movement um originated with the death of trayvon martin right exactly and so black yeah. people were just fed up and just wanted to let it be known that black lives matter too and so For I sure. said that's the initial purpose of the movement, in my opinion. However, sure. inevitably, like we obviously want systematic change for our people down the road. Yeah. But, um, but to go back to your point, what were you going to lead to saying? Yeah, so, so I feel like when it comes to, to the issue of Black people, right, I want Black people, when I say Black Lives Matter, at least when I say it, I want the most amount of change, the most progress for the black community that we can do at one time, right? And so when you're, when it comes to an issue such as the black community, the plight of the black community, I feel like a lot of times, I don't know if it's, and this is me being probably conspiratorial, but I don't know if it's the media, I don't know if it's the powers that be kind of gear us into do, building other parts of the house first rather than building the base right so if we're trying to save the most amount of black people then isn't it important to point out that okay we need to do this in amongst our if we want to show that our community matters shouldn't it matter to us enough to not kill our own people you don't see a lot of asian people you don't see a lot of you see a lot of white people just just uh due to population but because majority of crime in America is committed by white people, but black people are disproportionately sentenced more, right? So where a lot of us are in prison due to systematic hindrances. However, we also have to take accountability. Like, okay, we can't do that because they're going to put us into prison. Like that's like me saying, like that's like me 
um, going down the street, like, oh, I want to go down the street. Like, there's no other choice. Like, this is the only way, or I have to take a longer way. I have to take a harder way. But down that street is the KKK. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, I have to make a decision to to change and or do something differently in order to save the black community or save myself, me representing the black community. Like, I feel like doing, touching the most amount of people at one time is more important than being specific. You know what I mean? So I feel like, um, it, and again, it, it, it points at, it, it touches on very important specific issues, but trying to solve that issue only helps again a subpopulation of the black community rather than helping but how but how is sorry to interrupt but how is um how is shedding light to police brutality not helping no it is okay but no, no, because because yeah. pe- you you under you understand that people are going to misconstrue what you're trying to say. So I want you to just be no, I, very yeah, clear with what you're saying. Yeah, Francis, if there's one thing you need to know about Marquis' parents. Is I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'm gonna say what I have to say. No, 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 I've and, been and, and, on and, and I want you, I want you to I want you to like express it in a in a. I want you to express it how you how you want to say it. Definitely say it, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to challenge you to think a different way. Oh, no, no, for sure. Cause I, I had these conversations all the time with like my mm-hmm. auntie, um, with women. Like I, I have these conversations, a lot of different. No, me too. Me too. These nuanced, you know, situations. And, and I have you know, like I'm always, I'm not gonna always agree or always like you know that's, but that's mm-hmm. what we're having the conversation for. No, for sure. You know, what I mean, this is again like we're just spitballing ideas. We're just spitballing yeah. our opinions. Um, and so again, like, uh, so with police brutality. Right. Again, we're saying to the police, black light, we're telling the police black lives matter. We're not saying black lives are better, that they're worth anything more than any other human. We're just trying to shed light that y'all do not care based off of prior biases about, you know, saying how black people feel pain. And yes. Being savages, etc. But within our own community to save, again, the most amount of lives, we would have to stop killing ourselves. Right. We're not getting killed more by the police than we are being killed by ourselves. Right. And so, again, if I'm telling um, somebody, it's like, I don't know, do you I don't know the exact statistics on that. So I'm going to say I'm going to say like I, I I'm not going to say that um, that's fully correct. Do you know the statistics on that? Like, do you know if there's like, more? More. This ain't gonna be a simple Google shirt search. But your ass gotta read a whole article. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, like, hey, you know, I understand what uh, Francis is saying too. But I, it's like, it, I, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at it at both perspectives and try to look at both point of views. You feel me? Yeah, but yeah. yeah so, but no. So this is, and then that, that information is based off of, and that may be my own heuristics, like uh, my availability heuristics, are based mm-hmm. off of, like, where I'm from and what I've experienced. Right. right. But when you see people who are killed on on the news, or, or you hear about these situations where, um, 
people are killed by police officers, I just feel like disproportionately I hear way more people from the communities where there's majority of black people. Like we look at Chicago, we look at Baltimore, we look at these people, like we look at DC back in the, back in the day, that was, those wasn't police killing black people. Those were, you know, say two, three killings of every day, every single day done within one area. And I'm talking about just within one area, those was killings uh, amongst the black community. If you, if you spread that out, I just feel like, um, you know, saying that that's more than uh, the police are killing. Um, our people, right? But that, that again, that may not be correct. That may be nothing. A false assumption. I don't know the that the exact statistics, so I don't. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily want to speak on that. But what I don't. I just don't want it to become a conversation where it's deflecting against the deflecting away from the conversation of like police brutality. So that's no, no, all no, I'm no, saying. No, 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 you know, no, we ain't trying to make no, it seem but that's like, the thing, like I want to have the inclusion of fixing the issue again like our motive is to but, show but the issue isn't necessarily like the issue at hand isn't necessarily like black people killing other black people if you're t- but i want us to get more specific than that you know what i'm saying so if you're talking about like for like example i was talking about the um the waka flaka example where he was tweeting whatever he tweeted that's mm-hmm gun violence within black communities if you want to but not just gun violence though like i'm talking about selling crack to our own communities and and these are things that again like the the system provide us the means to to destroy our own community but it's more than just like gun violence like okay it's other way you know what i mean like we're we're killing our community a lot more ways than just guns and me uh like one thing i can say like for the uh like i just wanted like I just want us to be more knowledgeable on and uh, have more educational things instead of just going like just going with the flow saying Black Lives Matter saying this and that. Like when will we learn about like you know about things that we can? But what's do? wrong with that? No, I'm just what's no no no. Uh, I'm trying to say uh, I'm, this shit coming off wrong. I'm trying to uh, reword it the best I can, but. Uh, why can't we do like, both? Why can't we scream Black Lives Matter and hold our and um like hold and, and, and no 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 that's why that's why I was trying that's why I, that's why I say it came off wrong. I'm just trying to say we can we need to include that within the Black Lives Matter. Like learn be more knowledgeable so we can take okay. more action about shit. You feel me? Instead okay, of like perfect. Okay, then like, that, that's why like I wasn't I, I, I was just lady out going back and forth, but I was just trying to include, I was just saying like, we just need to include these things within the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. to, you know, make that bitch go up another level instead of like, you know, where we at, we just need to need that shit to go up another level and just keep going on top of these levels, on top of these levels to, you know, succeed in what we, you know, want. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we can uh, move on. We have a few other topics real quick. We've already been going for about an hour and a half. Um, let's do one more so we won't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, let's do two more. Let's do two more because I wanted to get on the topic about one, toxic masculinity and... Um, Ooh, child. <laughs> and then the fires inside, the fires of the West Coast. So give, give me the a... The fires uh, of the West Coast. Yeah, like, so there's a whole bunch of fires right oh, now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Cali. Yeah, yeah Oregon, so, and the whole sky orange, too, man. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I saw that. It's just crazy. Um, and so, 
Real quick, let's get into toxic masculinity, then we'll end off on a more lighter... Well, none of these topics are... This might be an uncomfortable conversation, just FYI, but that's oh, good. No I, don't mind, no. I don't mind uncomfortable conversations. I feel like that's one way for us to grow as a community, to have uncomfortable conversations. So... Just putting all up, just putting that out there. Yeah, we gonna we ain't gonna try to make it too, too, too extra, too. Um, no, no, no. I'm not saying that it's uncomfortable for me, but I'm saying in general. Uh, you know, what I'm yeah, saying like yeah. uncomfortable conversations. Like, I don't to mind people, uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. To people that just don't, you know, can handle it. You're waiting for this man to come back. <laughs> My bad. Nigga, I take this. Okay, okay. So, I'll go ahead. So, give, me, give me the breakdown. Give me the breakdown. And then always, like you know, what I mean, I, I enjoy these uncomfortable conversations because I don't feel like they're uncomfortable. I just feel like you know, what I mean, everybody has a different opinion. So, go ahead. Um, he was just explaining when you left. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Yeah. Wait. No, no, no. I was just, I was just giving. Um, oh, you talking the uncomfortable. Uh, Pre a, a warning that this may be an uncomfortable com- uncomfortable conversation, but that's okay because I feel like growth comes out of un- uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, and I no- wasn't saying that it was going to be per- me uncomfortable for me personally, but I was just saying in general. You know, I was generally speaking for sure. And so, can, can you define toxic masculinity for us? Um. And then you can, I can uh, also look it up on Google and we can use that definition if that's okay with you too. Um, yeah, I've let's, heard go, let's several, go by what, let's, let's, can you read out the definition? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cause I've heard like several different uh, definitions in social science, toxic masculinity, toxic, damn words. Uh, toxic masculinity refers to a traditional culture mask, uh, cultural masculine norms that can be harmful to men, women, and social society overall. This concept of toxic masculinity is not intimate, intended to demonize men or male attributes, but rather to emphasize the harmful, effect, the harmful effects of um, conformity to certain traditional norms. Is that, you think that's accurate? Okay, that's interesting. Right, where it's basically saying that traditional masculine norms, right? So we would have to break down the traditional masculine norms. I assume I've heard a lot like assertiveness, aggression, um, all the things that's supposed to be quote unquote male, right? Um, yeah. So, so um, hyper masculinity, all of that. For sure. And so, what's, what's hyper masculinity? No. I was like, not the Wi-Fi again. You good? Is it me? Is it? We you froze up, me? but we can hear you. Okay. I would say in my experience personally, I feel like toxic masculinity is is and can be various things. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But speaking from using I statements in my experience, for me, it's just... Um, for me, it's mainly hyper masculinity. Mm-hmm. Lost because <laughs> I, I feel like in a lot of black and brown communities, we have expectations. Wait, 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 Francis, Francis, my bad. You had a uh, cut off for a second. Can you 
start over from hyper masculinity. Okay, so I, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so I was saying to me, toxic masculinity, speaking from like I statements and from my own personal experience, is hyper masculinity basically because I feel like mm-hmm. in a lot of black and brown communities, we have expectations of what a man should be. And um, so we perform based on that. And to me, that is toxic because it's performative. And um, to dive deeper into that, like it, um, it's even more performative in even like queer communities too. Like um, there are, I feel like the more feminine you I you are as a guy, the less respected it is. If that makes sense, because okay. we have these ideals of what a mo- a man should be, and a lot of times those ideals can be very hyper masculine. Okay, I, I can I can okay. Um, so that's my personal opinion when I say toxic masculinity. Mind you, that's me understanding that it can be various of other things too such as you know tradition the definition that you just gave yeah there's dozens of uh definitions but um let me let me think um so when it comes you said something about performative right um just a little pushback so when you say performative like are you saying that people are trying to because again like the definition of of what a man is and what a woman is oh okay first actually let me back up so first let's not i don't feel like we should um limit this to just the black community because i feel like this is something that's relevant within a society if we're if we're basing a society um off of white privilege and um white masculinity per se um we shouldn't just break it down but it is very harmful amongst our community um, yes or, or any, i feel like any, any it is very as harmful amongst our community. yeah very harmful amongst our community and to even speak on that a little bit like i feel like white men don't like have that expectation you know what i'm saying like um okay do you, do, do, you, do you agree or do you not agree? No, I, I, I disagree, but go ahead. I'm you listening. disagree? I don't. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, um, I feel like white men can get pass, passes for doing something. For example, like, you could have a white man um, do some, you could have a white man that's that's not super flamboyant, but, like, um, does have, like, more feminine mannerisms or whatever the case may be, and you can have a black man doing the same thing and they'll be labeled as queer or gay or something else versus I feel like white men don't really have that expectation for some reason within their community. Yes. So I can can feel that. So one, the black community is extremely homophobic, right? Um, Whereas like, oh, it's just completely aversive when when a situation where a man is a little bit more feminine. Um, and there's assumptions that come with that. And then within the white community, there is like, even being a black man myself, there's certain shit that happens that white people do, um, how they, you know what I'm saying? How some of their speak, speak, speaking patterns, you know what I'm saying? How, when you're friends with you or some of their interactions with some of their male friends, you go, like, oh, that's white boy shit. Um, and nothing, nothing offensively, right? Um, right, no, just speaking so, candidly. 
And so um, I feel like the white community um, is, they're going to do what they do. But within the black community, I want to speak. Right. I don't even want to talk about the white community. Yeah. So we, we, can, <laughs> we can touch, we can touch based on that. Like, like, like what we just said about like it being a difference between um, how, how we're a see, we're perceived aggr- more aggressive mm-hmm. than white men. Like we could touch based on that, but like, mm-hmm. We don't really have to dive too many too deep into that because we're not white at the end of the day. So it's just like whatever. yeah, we don't really care about that shit anyway. But so with toxic masculinity, I think what gets confused about toxic masculinity um, is what I like to call like a, a sense of like an ego, like ego issues, right? Where men wants to, like you said, perform certain actions or this is what's cool or this is what's trendy because over the years, like the different things that define a man has changed, right? Back inside the day, it used to be, oh, you had to have a nine to five, your wife at home, you know what I'm saying, smoke cigarettes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then it, it changes over the years. And so when it comes to this whole performative thing, it becomes an ego thing. It's like, oh, well, you're attacking my ego if you're, you're too feminine for me. Or, or, if you're, or if I feel like you're homosexual, or if I feel like you're different from myself, right? It's always been a black thing, I feel like, to be very tribalistic. Where it's like, oh, you're not from where I'm from. You don't, you know, what I'm saying, believe what I believe in. Then, you know, I'm saying, get away from me. Um, and so, because I, I don't, cause the term toxic masculinity makes me feel like the traits of men, the the, the innate traits of men, um, are toxic, toxic in nature. I feel like mm-hmm. with everything in the world, there's a yin and yang. There's a there's a push and a pull. And the same thing with with femininity. There, there are certain things that complement. Uh, masculinity and vice versa um and so i don't feel i feel like the too much of anything becomes toxic too much of uh, perpetuating anything can, can i'm so dead not this picture <laughs> sorry sorry no. to interrupt you <laughs> no i'm good um and so um I, I just feel like i don't think there's necessarily there is a such thing as toxic masculinity for sure um, but that's like the over perpetuation of certain stereotypes per se. Um, but my question comes where do you think there's a such thing as toxic femininity? Um, personally, no. Okay. So, so based off of your definition, right? You said hyper masculinity is what becomes toxic and is, is this performative nature towards these norms, right? You don't think that's mm-hmm. possible within uh, with females or with women? Um, personally, not really. To be honest, I don't know. I, I would think I, I I would have to think just based off again of our, our own experience. Like I've been in situations where I, I've I've been I've encountered I've talked to women who've used their sexuality to. Um, maybe get something to get over on somebody. Um, so I, I know women who's set men up, you know what I'm saying, and, and leading to that man getting robbed or, you know what I'm saying, killed, etc. I've seen women... Um, really? Like, I, give an example. Like being robbed and killed? Yeah, like... Yeah, so it happens, so in... Yeah, uh, so in certain parts of, of the hood... Um, in Atlanta, personal, not just Atlanta, <laughs> just not in like any hood, really. I'm talking like about anywhere, bro. Um, okay. And so, literally, it's when it becomes to gangs, not even gangs. Sometimes people are just jealous. 
Um, and some women, they be about that life the same way men are about that life. So some guy may come up to a girl, hey, I need you to go sleep with him. I need you to go, you know what I'm saying, chop it up with him a little minute for a little minute, then tell me to add it. You know what I'm saying? Send the addy through, and then we're going to pop up, you know what I'm saying, kill everybody in the house. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even even you giving that example, that's when you say that, it, it goes to show why is the guy coming up to the girl telling the girl to do something? But not you just, know what I'm saying? Not just like, the, but not just a woman. Let's that, use an example of like, um, do you feel like some women intentionally trap men? Like they have a baby with a man in order to receive funds from them? Have you have you had that in your experience at all? I've I've been I mean, around certain conversations where women are like, oh, you gotta trap that nigga. And I know someone personally from my high school who who trapped a guy. Um and, and you know what I mean? With um with the, you, the hey, some hey, certain hey. celebrities they would even say that, that that's some that's the case, right? Hey, like would you like include like gold digging too? Yeah, gold digging is an interesting conversation as well. Like, do, you, do you feel like those traits because i feel like in certain aspects you're using your sexuality um or your feminine traits in order to get over or, or get get ahead in some way right and i'm not talking about the systematic oppression of of women right there's certain there's certain levels to your privilege everybody has privilege gay straight mm-hmm. men women everybody has a certain type of privilege when it comes to this world, right? Where, oh, nigg- black people are able to say nigger, white people can't. That, some people can s- consider that privilege. Okay, um, yeah. But I'm talking specifically about being able to use your sexuality or your um, innate traits, per se, in order to uh, get over on someone. You don't feel like that, that can be the case? Well, oh, shit, you can answer um, so you were saying that women that use in your experiences, women that you know that have used men to, you say, trap them into like a situation with like a, with a baby. Yeah. And so you were considered, you would, you would consider that as toxic femininity. Yeah. Yeah. But not. Okay. I mean, that's I, interesting. I, I, I mean, I mean, because my thing is, I mean, I personally, I personally don't know any woman that would do that. Okay. But hey, I mean, hey, hey, again, hey, we hey, from two different worlds. Because yeah, I'm, I'm about to say, because I got some family members that do that shit. Yeah. Really? Yes. Again, like we're from, you know, saying two different, not two different worlds, because we all have very similar experiences in, in certain cases. But yes, like I, I've been around some very. Um, I, I even I, I ain't gonna blow up nobody's spot, but I had um, a, a foster auntie who used to go in and, and flaunt a little ass or um, do certain things to you know what I'm saying get free weed or to get some money or you know what I mean. And she had no problem. You know, so she had her own job and stuff like that, but she she used her sexuality to um, get over in some way. Yeah, yeah, I can uh I can include that like uh one of my family members. I'm not gonna say you know no specifics. Yeah, no specifics. No specifics. But it just like uh she like in a like as far as the relationship wise, she's like to be in control. You feel? Mm-hmm. Like just, just like the dude. Oh, I didn't really, even think about that. That's that's a like, that's an interesting like, perspective. 
Like it, like I, it, this shit goes on. Like it, that shit, like that shit is bad, bro. But it just like she basically like do shit to belittle the nigga. Like it, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's like I can't really get into depth with the shit. But it, yeah, it, it just. And, and let me let me give you one more situation, right? What what do, what do you think about a woman who because if. If there's a guy, there's some some men who are a little bit more in tune with their feelings per se. Um, yeah, a, and a woman can kind of walk all over them in a way, and not necessarily like, "Oh, nigga, you better do this shit." And I know women like that too. I know. I promise you, I have a cousin who will whoop, whoop a nigga ass real quick. All that, but uh, I'm talking about a woman who, let's say, oh, she'll cry or she'll she'll hold out sex from a man. Do you feel like that's toxic? Like she'll cry to like to get her way. Like I, I know someone personally who would like um, cry to get their way. Try to get their way. Oh, like oh, and then like the guy end up giving them money or, or taking them or somewhere like, or you know. Or what like mean? just uh, I, I like I'm just trying to get a comprehend. Just like uh, you know, blaming him or like you know, even though she did something wrong, she will blame him for some shit. Like I did this because of this and that. Like nah, Shadi, you did this because you wanted to. Like, yeah. this, this, like no. I think I think certain I think certain things can be um can be toxic. Like you know, gold digging and um a few of the other things that you said earlier. Yeah. That's that, that's it. <laughs> um, like, that's some of the like to really think about. That's some shit that you gotta sit down. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It'll be it would be more interesting if I like had another woman here to get another woman's perspective mm-hmm. because I. Ah, uh, he went out. He was finna get in his bag too. He was finna get in his bag. Kind of try to figure out, hey, figure hey, it out, hey, figure hey, it out myself. Francis, because Francis, my bad. You had went out again. You, can you start <laughs> hey, over from if I you had you another woman? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you on. <laughs> Damn, y'all gonna have to edit this. But um, I was saying that I think that it'll be it would be better if like or it'd be like more helpful if I like had a woman to get like a woman's perspective and I can yeah. sit in and tune in and really listen to be like, oh, OK, yeah, that's your experience as a woman. And you think that um, and you've experienced that. But like I um, wouldn't necessarily like. um say that I can like relate to any of those experiences just because I have personally haven't had them. You know what I'm saying? So when I, when that's what, that's why when I have conversations of like toxic masculinity, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is something that is, that I've experienced personally, whereas I haven't really experienced like toxic femininity. So I don't really know. So I wouldn't be able to speak on that. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And that's, again, like, that's where the nuance come in these conversations where different perspectives, like everybody doesn't, aren't able to 
experience all the different exp- perspectives, right? And, and that's where right. conversation comes in. Um, and so, you know what I'm saying? We can, we can, we can continue on. We can actually not. Let's, let's end it out. I feel like that was a, a good productive conversation. We got two good things at the end. We had a good interview. Um, can you, can you link the, can you link the socials? Can you tell everybody where to find you, your website? Um, let them know. Let them know, Franklin. Uh, oh, okay. So, all you, floor is yours, my guy. So, website francisshad.com and my Instagram is just francisshad.co.co. So, and everyone always thinks it's Chad when I say it. It's just Shad, S H A D. So, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yeah, um, but, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think that um, it was kind of dope to hear you know your perspective and challenge you a little bit and um yeah yeah um yeah it was super dope man i'm glad that you know saying people got to hear a little bit about your story about some of the challenges and some of the things that you've been able to produce and put into the world you know saying we need more you know what i think i think that um oh no finish what you were saying yeah just we need more black creatives and, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to not only put you out, um, but, you know what I'm saying, collaborate on something together. Yeah. And I think I, re- I was I was reading this meme somewhere that was saying, um, it was like, we can be, um, it was like, we can disagree about things and still be friends and something something along those lines. But... Um, I think that a lot of times, like, people um, misconstrue, like, ideologies from, or people have a hard time separating, like, ideologies from actual personhood, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I will say about you, Marquise, is you are, in my opinion, a great person. So (laughs) you've you've always been so, like, so kind, so nice, and... um, Hey, I appreciate and all that. of that. Just like a cool individual. So thank you for, for like having me on this and everything. Oh, no problem, man. Um, I appreciate that. Um, you know what I mean? Because I, I, again, like it's always been something I've worked on to try and not, not accommodate for people, but I have very aggressive opinions sometimes. Right. And I've mm-hmm. been working on kind of expressing those in a more yeah. digestible way where we can have like productive conversations, not with just with, with you, but with everybody, right. With people mm-hmm. in my life, um, my auntie, you know what I'm saying? Women, et cetera. Um, and so it, it's, it's just good to, you know what I'm saying? Hear that th- that's paying off a, a little bit. Um, yeah. Like, you know what so- you should, you know what you should do an episode on? You should do an episode on cancel culture. Cause I think that cancel culture in our generation could be very problematic. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 yeah, had yeah, one, but yeah. we can definitely get into that again. That's oh, you've already had one. Oh, okay, I gotta listen to that one. Yeah, uh, I, I I got a real strong opinion on that one too. Yeah, no, I we think, can definitely like so. There's there's certain topics that we've already touched on that I tr- I like to bring back up, and like even with listeners, I hope that like people go and like listen to other episodes. Like, oh well, you know, saying so you didn't touch on this point, or I, I believe in this, or you're completely wrong. I like stuff like that. Like, you know, what I'm saying because you can come and be like, oh no, nah, like. You was wrong here, 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 and then I give my opinion. You give your opinion. You know what I'm saying? We, we yeah, keep pushing. Like, exactly. And 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 be open towards, open towards being um, 
hearing another opinion from someone else that's different from yours and being challenged sometimes and yeah. growing from that. Like, I think that sometimes I might hear something and be like, oh, okay, never mind. I actually do agree with you. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, or you might hear something that I say and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll change my mind. I agree with you. Exactly. That's probably right. You know, so that's the whole um, point of having conversations to me. It's a great discourse, man. Because um, I feel like, again, with with uh, talking to people, I'm I'm a big person with with talking to people, agree or disagree. I, I listen to all types of news. You know, what I'm saying Republican, Democratic, um, Black news, White news, etc. Right? Because a lot of times when you hear opinions agreeing or disagreeing with your own, uh, two things can happen. You can fortify your own. You know, what I'm saying you can get more information and you can you can be able to defend your own more by knowing someone else's argument or or uh, hearing different aspects of, of another argument, or you can change your opinion and tailor it to something more nuanced, right? What that, that takes from somebody else's and be like, oh, well, this is a possibility as well, right? Because again, we don't really know what's necessarily right. We just in this life trying to live, you know what I'm saying, in love, man. Like, and I feel like we can do that. We can share those experiences with each other through conversation. Yeah, no, like truly. A, a good thing too is like with an argument or even a little debate is to try to look at it at both perspectives. You feel me? Just try to understand as to why do they think that. You feel me? Just, yeah. just try to, you know, bash them, this and that. Like, no, you're wrong, yeah. this and that. Just try to look at at their standpoint from what they uh, experience that they had. Or just like, just anything. You feel me? exactly because everyone has a different everyone has different backgrounds different experience which influence you know the way that they think and stuff like that so for sure for sure so that was uh episode 18 i believe a great episode um appreciate you know what i'm saying appreciate you my boy crash you know what i'm saying appreciate you francis um and so as always we, thank we ended you out, we ended out with a little uh spiel again spiel. um i believe we live in a black and white world meaning there's definitive right and wrong. The interpretation of this black and white is what we call the gray. So individually, we all have this interpretation of what's right and wrong. As people, we have different ideologies, points of views, and struggles that shape this gray into the reality that we individually live together. So move with love and agree to disagree. That was, a, combo. That was a combo with Keith and Crash. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>